From Glitch HQ on Riverside Avenue in Tall Biking Square Slicing, Minneapolis, this is Nice Games Club, the show where nice game devs talk gaming and game development. I'm Martha McGarry, and I make nice games. I'm Stephen McGregor, and I make nice games. And I'm Martha Croy, I too make nice games. For this roundtable episode, our topics are video game mastery, strategy guides and wikis, and designing party games. And so, if everyone's ready, let's start. So before we really get into it, I think we need to thank someone, one of our listeners, uh, for their uh, wonderful iTunes review. Yes, yes, I think we should. Yay! <laughs> All right, which one of us is going to thank him? Well, I'll, I'll start. Thank you, Duwok, for uh, giving us an awesome iTunes review. That's right. The very first iTunes review, five stars even, which means we're off to a, a rollicking good start. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and uh, the headline was, great hosts, great topics. So thank, thank you. you. I, mean, <laughs> I appreciate that a lot. Right. So uh, be like Duwok and uh, let us know how great we are. That's or- or what, Martha? <laughs> or not, if you don't like us. All right. Be honest, I suppose. Uh, <laughs> send us a review on iTunes or wherever podcasts are distributed. Do you guys have any other business for today? Uh, no. I need a gavel. Yeah, there we go. We need a gavel. Uh, <laughs> Where's Katie when we need her? Meeting <laughs> <laughs> adjourned. Um, our three topics have a nice progression. I'm really I'm pleased about yeah. the, the, the setup. So hopefully our listeners will as well. Um, Steven, get us going. Yes. So my topic uh, is video game mastery. I'm curious what video game mastery means to you two. Uh, to me, it, 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 me, it means more of like uh, you have a complete understanding of how the game functions enough to play it to its full capacity. Mm-hmm. So, like, for example, uh, you play Street Fighter so exceptionally that you can compete with the best of them. Mm-hmm. And by the best of them, I mean whoever's really good in your neighborhood. <laughs> not, necessarily, <laughs> not necessarily. Steven, you could say it. You. <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah me. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, I'm curious, uh, how do you guys feel about video game mastery? What does it mean to you? I, I don't know. I'm kind <laughs> of... For me, and yeah. we've talked about this yes. off mic, in that I feel like games don't need to be mastered. Okay. I feel like, uh, it, I don't know, I mean, maybe it's because like when I play a game, I kind of do start to finish, or if it's not a game that has an ending, yeah. you know, I play for a while, yeah. and then I'm kind of ready for the next thing, or I learn, I guess I treat it like movies or story, like even if there is not a lot of story, mm-hmm. I kind of absorb it, and then I move on. I, I'm not one to really maximize it. And the huh. one exception to that is a, a Super Mario game. Oh, okay. That I will, and only the 2D ones. Those mm. ones I actually put some time into. And I don't know if that's nostalgia or just the, those are the ones I've given the time to to unlock that my, <laughs> my natural ability to actually want to master games. Okay. But I, I guess I just have a lot of experience with this concept. And I feel I'm confused when I see it in others. Mm. Because it feels like a lot of time you could be spending on other things. <laughs> I know that's weird to say on a video game podcast, yeah, yeah, yeah. but like, I, you know what I mean? So no, I, I got I, I, That's why but, I like this topic because you can maybe help me out. Yeah, for sure. Uh, so, but, uh, okay, so it sounded as though to you, video game mastery is more completing, completing the game. Like, completely completing the game. Oh, like, I getting all the like, it's currency or whatever. I, like, I guess I don't use that term, yeah. but as far as I ever go with it yeah. is like, yeah, uh, the developer design win scenario. That's kind of <laughs> what I want. Okay. Or if it's a multiplayer game, enough to have fun and maybe be competitive, but like among my friends. Sure. Like, and that is why I do not play games like Street Fighter oh. or, or Smash even, mm-hmm. because those games, the audiences of them require at least a little bit more mastery than I am. I, I want to say able, but the truth is willing mm-hmm. to, to provide. Okay. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Martha, how do you feel? Most, uh, when I took that, uh, the motivation quiz, um, cause it's awesome motivation quiz that everyone should take because it's really insightful on, on why different people choose and like different games. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah. I, mastery is one of the five or six like main categories and I, uh, scored very low on oh. mastery. Well, I guess I'm outnumbered. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, Get but. <laughs> Um, I feel like I do strive for mastery in strategy or uh, like city building games and civilization sort of things because I I play like how can I get this city built exactly the way I want it to mm, to mm-hmm, and, mm-hmm. and 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 to get the win condition fast enough. Okay. Like um, I just went back and played uh, Pharaoh Cleopatra. Oh, what's that? Ah, uh, it's like what's the 
can't remember what it's called. Age of Empires, maybe? It's yeah. the city building game, but back in time. Yeah, I think that's Age of Empires. Okay. It's like that, except mm-hmm. same company, I'm pretty sure, except it's in ancient Egypt. Okay. It's not very well balanced. <laughs> <laughs> but I spent a lot of time trying to figure out, like, how can I twist this game to be optimal? Mm, okay. So, so optimization is what you look for in mastery, huh? Yeah. Okay. Cool. So, what is it about mastery that you guys don't enjoy, though? I, because to me, I don't know. For me, when I'm approaching it, I like feeling like I've understood what the game, or the, the maximum that the game developer has asked of me. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I mean, I don't always reach that. As much as I say I'm amazing at Smash, I'm not really that good. I, <laughs> I can't go into uh, uh, in, uh, uh, Evo and start competing with uh, uh, Zero and stuff. But like, being able to uh, see that, see the stuff that other people have achieved and try to strive for that mm-hmm. is something that drives me in certain games. Sure. Especially fighting games, because that's most of, at least that's to me, most of the point of fighting games. Yeah. Um, but you guys don't see that? You don't feel that drive? I guess that, that sort of, that, lo- that notion of accomplishment, yeah. that's, I don't get anything out of it. Okay. And I think huh. that, um, and it might be experience, right? I haven't put the time in, and so I don't, haven't come to like it. Yeah. So it might, it might just be that. I don't know that this is necessarily an ideological thing. Mm-hmm. But when I think about it, I feel like I don't feel that that's a sense of accomplishment. Like, I don't think gaming is a skill. Oh. I, I guess. Okay. And I don't know if that's controversial, but because it, it seems kind of just natural to me that gaming is an activity, it's fun. Yeah. And yeah, the competitive games, there's, there's, which isn't to say that you shouldn't want to get good at a game sure. because it's fun. Like, right, right. But um, I guess I feel the same way about sports. Like, sports are fun to play, but I wouldn't ever, even if I had the natural talent, mm-hmm. I wouldn't want to win the Super Bowl. Like, that does not sound interesting to me. Like, hmm. I, I, is that weird? Like, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. It's just, I don't know. To me, it's like you're trying to be the best. I guess that's Whatever. it. I don't, I you don't, don't ever want to be the I best? Do, I do not care if I'm the best. Okay. Huh. Man, I, I, I don't want to be the worst, I suppose. No, well, yeah, but, but you, I actually don't even mind if I'm the worst. <laughs> I mean, insofar that if I'm the worst, I'll have no fun. Okay, yeah. That's kind of all it is. If you're the worst and you still have fun, you don't care. For the yeah, most part? Pretty much, yeah. Okay, that is... I mean, I play, we play board games here twice a month, and yeah. I'm very frequently the worst. <laughs> and I have a, really a blast. So yeah, I mean... Proof, it, proof's it, there. It's important to have fun while you're playing the game, but at the same time, like... Well, I don't know. It's different for me. It yeah. depends on the game. Strategy games, I don't like... Because I, I don't tend to enjoy them very much. Mm-hmm. So I don't tend to strive for mastering those. But action games, I'm at least decent at. And so I, I try to do that. Yeah. Um, and even if it's not a competitive thing, like I try to go for the, I try to get high achievements in certain things, like mm-hmm. Bayonetta or, or Devil May Cry or whatever. Uh, I am sometimes a completionist, though. Okay. Um, but like if completionist in a game like Assassin's Creed, which is sucked many people in yeah. um that is not even about skill mm-hmm. that is just about time oh yeah for real <laughs> so like i'll i will be victim to that motivation yeah. certainly and i it's i mean i'm maybe disparaging it but it has similar roots right i mean sort of but yeah, like w- wanting it all right? yeah but at the same time wanting it all is different from matt trying to be the best yeah you know yeah, you yeah exactly yeah you're yeah. Right. yeah you feel it martha's feeling me okay. <laughs> but i feel also like, I want to win. Yeah. Yeah. I don't necessarily, when I think of mastery, I think of like platformers mm. or like really, really, really hard games that mm. you have to have, be very technically skilled in order to complete. Like Mario, I played, had a Game Boy version of Mario. I played the first level and could not get past it. And I was like, this is boring. I'm not doing this anymore. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <Yeah. laughs> to but, be fair to you, Martha, Super Mario Land is not. A great game. <laughs> I, I I recently played it on the three uh, the three DS, and I was like, "Oh, great! It's a Mario game I haven't been exposed to because I never had it growing up." It's, it isn't that great. The jumping is not as good. I, it's it, yeah. it, That's one of those ones where nostalgia has lifted it a little more mm. than I think it deserves. Yeah. So just to you know help you out a bit there, I guess. <laughs> but like we played Mega Man. Oh yeah, something. Which one was it? Mega Man Six. It X6. was so hard. It was, yeah. I can see exactly what I'm going to have to do in order to beat this. Yeah. And it will take a really long time to get all that muscle memory and stuff. Yeah. And like, that is not, that is not like something I'm interested in spending right. my time doing. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I do feel similar to that. Okay. Like, when I understand what it'll take, I'm like, well, now I know that's good enough for me. 
<laughs> yeah, I can see that, but well, I guess maybe maybe you guys just haven't gotten into a. Uh, an, I, I suppose I'm speaking specifically in action game terms. Maybe sure. maybe there's like a strategy game because Martha, you were just talking about you got into uh, mastering the the Egyptian game. Mm-hmm. Uh, are there other strategy games that you felt like you wanted to master? Uh, Civ. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, of course, <laughs> listeners heard all about that. Wait, no, maybe they haven't. No, they haven't because we didn't release that episode. <laughs> well, I really like Civ. Our unaired pilot. We talked about Civ Six again, uh, but it, interesting stuff. Like recap, if you mm-hmm. like. Yeah. Uh, I don't like finishing that game. I only like playing the first mm-hmm. and like middle parts of it, mm-hmm. which might speak to the mastery thing because I want to. Like if once I win, that's like it's over. Like you can't, you know. I don't know. Like doing the same part of it over and over and over again to try to like be the most op, like best optimal, quickest path to whatever, uh, having the most points or whatever. Yeah, Mm -hmm. that sounds like mastery to me. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so I do understand. Okay, well maybe I'm not as alone as I thought. Uh, in like fighting games, mm. I do want to win, yeah. but I don't want to put the time right. invested to like math. But like um, for Smash specifically, mm-hmm. I only play Kirby. <laughs> <laughs> you don't do the rock strategy, do you? Down B in the everything? <laughs> I mostly swallow people. <laughs> oh, okay. That's better than most. <laughs> okay. Oh, interesting. So that's a little bit of mastery because yeah. I'm like, well, I don't play this very often. Yeah. So I'm going to play the character that I know the best and that I'm like, will continue to work on learning. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oh, so Smash is a good example. Like the times I, I play is Meta Knight. Mm-hmm. And Meta Knight's not as powerful. Oh, man. In Brawl? Oh, in Brawl. not in Brawl. And Did I really liked that oh, because okay. there was the thing he does, that little drill yeah, move. Yeah, And I, got, I actually got good at doing that. And it, it, as soon as I got comfortable with it, uh-huh. then I could get a little better at it. Mm-hmm. So I guess I'm with you, Martha, that like there's that, that level of mastery. That, that, that counts. Mm. I'm giving us a permission on that. Um, <laughs> which is to, to say that like that's the level we reach and feel that we've mastered it. You know, air quotes. Yeah. Because then our interest fades. And that's where, that's where then, ma- after that, it's just a task, not mastery anymore. So right? you just want to master like a specific aspect of the game, but not the game itself. Just it en- sounds like. Enough to get the fun we want from okay. it, right? Uh, I don't yeah, know. I guess so. <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. Such an mm-hmm. interesting view. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't experienced. Well, <laughs> what, t- what do you, yeah, t- tell us about. Well, like, give okay. us your history. Like, sure, yeah, all right. I mean, I, I play a bunch of fighting games. Uh, I played, I uh, went into a Soul Calibur Five tournament once, won like seven dollars. <laughs> no, wait, I won five dollars, and the entrance fee was seven dollars. Oh, That's no. what it was. <laughs> so, <laughs> not that, as good. Net, net loss of two dollars. <laughs> but uh, I mean, I got, I think I got fourth place, and I've, I've competed in a couple of tournaments. I haven't recently. I've mm-hmm. been so busy. But uh, those kinds of things I really enjoy because I'm competing with other people and we're all trying to be the best. Yeah. And even if it's just in our small little area. And so like that, that, that level of competition where it's just you and this other person and you are, com- you are communicating through the language of video games. It's kind <laughs> of, it's thrilling in a, in a, in sure. a strange way. Uh, and I mean, there are other games that aren't there aren't multiplayer. Like Bayonetta, Bayonetta is extremely difficult when you first start. For me, it yeah. was anyways. Uh, like you, you will die a ton. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, not like not like Dark Souls bad, but like, <laughs> <laughs> but like um, it just it just takes some time. So like, I went online and I looked up how the heck I'm supposed to do this stuff to dodge these people, and I don't understand their tells and things. But eventually, you pick it up, and you're like, oh crap, I'm getting it. I'm mm-hmm. understanding it. And so you are, you're able to progress through the game further and further until you beat it. And you're like, yes, I finally did. Right, right. Um, that, that level of accomplishment is just, it feels yeah. empowering to me. Right. There are a lot of games that require a level of mastery yeah. to complete it, which yeah. is the thing I want to do. Okay. And so those are the types of games which I will, I will let them uh, suck my time in to reach that level. Right. But only in service of completing it. Okay. So even when I talk about Mario games, which I will go through and get all the, the, you know, the special coins and, you know, I want to collect it. It's again, it's a completionist thing, right. but I kind of don't care if my jumps are perfect. Only yeah. if I get the things that I want. Yeah. And, and, and I think my that, jumps sometimes have to be perfect. Yeah. And so I will, I will get good. Okay. That. Yeah. <laughs> I, <laughs> and I, I can totally respect that. Like, I, I feel like 
at a certain you don't need to get literally perfect jumps if you're trying to compete at the literal highest level then you have to get to that point right like if you're going to evo and you're fighting in marvel nobody plays marvel anymore (laughs) (laughs) um (laughs) but if you're one coming right yeah there's a new one coming um if if you're going and competing in the highest level you have to get to that point but no for the most part everybody is at their i mean local level and Mm -hmm. so you don't have to get that good you just have to be the second you just have to beat the second best person. you know it's funny it's this is almost a matter of scale like <laughs> you've said a couple times yeah. like that you know you, you're not professional class but you're but like i'm imagine somebody walking in gets in the fourth mic and saying steven you don't care about mastery <laughs> why <laughs> well, don't you well shoot yeah it kind of in the same way you're saying to yeah us. i guess like, it's just it's, it's it's how much you or how yeah it just depends on how much you want to be satisfied by the game right yeah okay and that's interesting because the types of games like that are uh, keyed to that so dark souls is one fighting yeah. games are, and there's the two to competitive versus like you know mastering a system yeah right um as designers what do we want to think about games that require mastery of the players and does that lock off certain audiences or do you need or say you want to make the game compelling enough for someone to to master it yeah uh i mean for vengeance I feel like I talk about Fingence a bunch, but I haven't explained the game. Stop apologizing. <laughs> well, <laughs> I, w- I want to hear more about Fingence. All right, I'm going to explain it. So Fingence is a side-scrolling shoot-em-up, and it's cooperative. So uh, people on your team might have the ability to block bullets for you, or they might be able to heal your team, and stuff like that. And so everybody uh, on the team is cooperating to take down bosses and the level and continue through the campaign. Uh, and so for Fingence... I mean, it's a shoot 'em up, and so there's already a, a, a part, an aspect of mastery in that you have to be able to dodge bullets. Um, it's a little bit more difficult, and yet less difficult in our game because you're a lot of times in shoot 'em ups, you are like a pixel, and so it's very easy to dodge bullets because there's only a little bit that can get hit. In our game, your whole hitbox is the, your body, um, and in our game, also you have characters that can block bullets for you and characters that can heal you, so it is a little, it's easier in that way. Um, and so we we kind of balance we kind of battle with that. In one way, we want players to like master the game and be able to get through on a harder difficulty mm-hmm. than in in feel empowered that they were able to make it through. Um, I've seen people you you included Mark yeah uh, <laughs> no I want to be good at yeah that. yeah yeah um, I've seen people who um, want to complete the our our heart I guess our hardest difficulty is Darkest Ocean but we haven't balanced that at all so I don't count that as a difficulty. <laughs> uh, <laughs> But to be able to complete through, uh, through that end of the campaign. And people will try over and over and over again. And that's very thrilling for them. And I, I enjoy watching that. And then there are other players that start on easy mode. And they're like, I don't even barely, I don't know how to move. Or what the heck does this gadget do? And then they give up. And that feels crappy for me. Because I want people to be able to experience the fun of the game. Regardless of how, uh, how experienced they are in an action game. And so I often, I, I battle with that. Yeah. Uh, very frequently I, I i mean i want more people to experience the game uh our game is generally more approachable than other shmups because it has that cooperative aspect and you can rely on your team to help you go through things that you might have difficulty dealing with yourself mm-hmm. and so we've we've uh, worked on that a little bit but it's still it's still at the end of the day a difficult game and so we are sort of alienating part of the fan base that might enjoy the game because of that and so I, I'm not sure. I'm not sure the answer. I don't know the answer to that. <laughs> I I want to play on Darkest Ocean all the time, yeah. which is weird because I don't like. Seems like I don't like Master very much. So that's really interesting. Maybe it's like all the blowing stuff up. <laughs> <laughs> well, for me, I mean, I like truly not just because we're pals, but mm-hmm. I love playing Fingence and I want to beat it every time. And I think and I want to be good at it mm-hmm. so I can beat it. Yeah, and I think that's. For me, anyway, that's the important part is, and when you say you worry about alienating players, yeah. I think that, um, not to say you shouldn't worry about it, but I think that you're in a good position in Fingence, particularly because the, the game, the, the progress is compelling so that it, I, I, who am not that interested in like, you know, mastering the hand-eye coordination of many games right. for its own sake, right. I feel it's worth it to do. Mm. And I feel the sense of accomplishment. And because it's cooperative, like that social aspect is an important part of not just being good, but being good with players. And you have this great balance of the different gadgets for the different characters right. where they play off each other. And I mean, that's the thing. That's how you can draw in people who maybe aren't willing or aren't normally willing to put in the time. Yeah, actually. By giving 
more, you know, more of that mechanics and having that cooperative element, like, I think maybe you don't realize this, but you may have just cracked it. Like, <laughs> <laughs> maybe, yeah. I guess the cooperative aspect has a lot. Now that I think about it, uh, most of the games I've been talking about, besides Vengeance, were competitive. Mm-hmm. And so you're competing against other people, but you're by yourself doing that. Right. And when you say that, that's the, to be the best. Yeah. Right. That's the goal. And like, I am not, I don't care. Mm-hmm. But if I have to be the best to, to beat the last boss in Darkest Ocean, mm-hmm. Damn it, I'll be the best. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. Wow. Okay. Martha, huh. Martha, will you be the best with me? Oh, yeah. <laughs> as long as I get Sparky. Okay. <laughs> cool. Cool. Wow. Okay. This is, yeah, this is not the direction I expected to go, but this is way better. <laughs> awesome. 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 I'm glad we could talk about this. And our next topic, Martha, this one's you. What do you got for us? Strategy guides and wikis. Okay. So if you're not good, and you need to be good, like from Steven's topic, this is... <laughs> I, How you get good. Yeah, this is exactly... Yep, exactly. Segway. <laughs> We're stitching a, together a quilt here, guys. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, so I thought of this topic because um, strategy guides were one of the ways I got into video games. Because mm-hmm. um, uh, when I was a kid, we could play computer games. Um, so we've had a lot of adventure games and stuff. Um, but I didn't, we didn't have any consoles or, um, handheld things until, uh, one day at Target I bought, or somewhere, I don't know. I <laughs> bought a strategy guide to one of the Pokemon games mm-hmm. and I didn't have the game, but I played the strategy guide as if it was the game, like D and D'd it to myself. Like now I walk here and now I walk here wow. and now. That's such a charming story. <laughs> <laughs> that's cool and I think the reason my mom let us get a Game Boy is she caught me doing that one day and it was like oh maybe we should okay fine I'll get you a Game Boy like you can, you can buy a Game Boy for yourself it's fine she's like my kid's weird what can I do to de-weird her a little bit <laughs> get her a video game class? right that'll do it <laughs> <laughs> that's how I started with strategy guides and then pe- people were talking on the slack a little bit about them um and how some people think they're there's different views on 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 the usefulness of them versus yeah. the are you just cheating right yeah <laughs> what do you, so what are your guys's experience with strategy guides and what games do you use them for hmm. okay that that's a good question uh when i was younger I used to use a lot of strategy guides. And I mean, part of it was the, I mean, they used to come with like cool posters and stuff. Uh, yeah. That would draw you in. And I mean, you're like eight years old. You want a fancy poster for your fancy Donkey Kong 64 camp. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Um, and so I guess I use them for those games, but in general, nowadays, especially I don't, unless I'm extremely frustrated with the game or like, yeah, I haven't used a strategy guide in a long time, but I haven't been playing that many but yeah, I, I guess back in the day when I when I had an N sixty four, we had a bunch of strategy guides for like Paper Mario, and we had one for Donkey Kong sixty four. My favorite strategy guide, I have a favorite strategy guide. My favorite <laughs> strategy guide is um, Donkey Kong Country twos. I think we had the official one, and we had like a bootleg version, which was really cool. Uh, I like the official one better because it had cool pictures and stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I think though the official one had errors, so we had to use the bootleg one for a couple of levels, mm-hmm. which was interesting. Uh, but yeah, I guess when it's really difficult or they have really difficult to find secrets like Donkey Kong Country, uh, I would use it because I wanted to get everything, <laughs> especially in those games. Those games are collect-a-thons. Uh, so those are the kinds of games I would use. Them for. Cool. What about you, Mark? So the first, I, this is a, a bit of a sideways version of the story, but when I was young, my, I had an NES when I was young, but I didn't have a lot of games. My friend was like the friend with all the stuff. Like he had a grand piano and a jukebox and like networked computers. Oh, wow. And like, oof, this is early 90s, guys. Like, <laughs> uh, so I played Doom on his LAN. Oh, like, dang. Crazy stuff. He, you know, his parents did okay. Mm-hmm. So um, uh, he had a laser disc player. <laughs> I just want to tell stories about him now. <laughs> um, but uh, the one thing that I remember is he had all like tons of NES games and I went to his house to play even though I had the system and uh, enough to keep me busy but mm-hmm. that's where I went when I wanted to play video games and um, he had um, so this is a I, had, I just looked this up while you guys were talking but um, Nintendo Power gave away a copy of Dragon Warrior which is Dragon Quest the first Dragon Quest game in America it's called Dragon Warrior because of a trademark issue 
And in order to introduce that series to Western audiences, uh, Nintendo Power gave it away with a subscription. And my friend got it this way. Mm-hmm. And so, and when that happened, he wasn't interested in this game. He didn't really want to play, mm-hmm. but he had this thing. And like, so we tried it out together. And so he got a strategy guide for it. Or was it that the Nintendo Power came with it? It had a big map. It was a whole deal. Okay. And so that's my memory of it is it was a way to discover this game that I wasn't terribly interested in. Huh. And uh, it, it, was, it, felt, it almost felt kind of Narnia-ish in a sense. Like <laughs> We kind of didn't know what to expect, but we had the, the bound guide to take us through there. Huh. And so I have that little wistful sort of memory of that's what, that's what guides can do for you. And it's very similar kind of what you're talking about, Martha, like that it's, it opened you to the world of the game. Mm-hmm. rather than like i think nowadays it's like if i'm stuck on something i'm like i'll try it 30 times and then i'll go to game facts like mm-hmm. yeah you know, but i try to hold off as long as possible yeah. um but when you're young you, that's i think you have a different attitude oh yeah about that it becomes it's um it's it's that it unlocks yeah it unlocks the world huh. and so i so I, I have like a soft spot for those types of things um but in you know in this modern era there's just not much that services that it's very much like people writing the here's how you do it just the facts ma'am and less of that that kind of like rich sort of tome Mm. that was um you know uh, emblematic of those early days yeah yeah it's almost as if they were like books and lore on them and into themselves like the like all my favorite thing about the pokemon ones is that you know with the game boy you had this little screen but in the strategy guide, you saw the whole route or level yeah. in, and like all spread out. And you're like, yeah. oh, that's, you know, this is what they were designing for, not this little yeah, yeah. screen. Like, yeah. Yeah, like, this is what the, what the real world looks like if you were there. Like, yeah. Yeah, that's, that's really cool. Like um, in, the, in the Donkey Kong Country strategy guides, uh, I guess really Donkey Kong Country 2, uh, they had like the whole level. Yeah, like you were saying, like they had the whole level showing up on the thing. Um, and so it was really cool. You got to see that whole uh, vision and stuff. Uh, when me and my brother, we got Donkey Kong Country Tropical Freeze and we were feeling nostalgic. So we got the strategy <laughs> guide for it too. Nice. <laughs> um, but the maps were just like little, they were just like colors uh, or like colors of the map, not like the actual map. It, it was mono, mono color. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it was less, it was less cool. Cause like you didn't get to see stuff that nobody else would have seen unless you got the strategy guide. That's, I think that's part of it, right? Like, there's wow. like, exclusive things that you get from it. Yeah. Like, you were talking about with, like, being able to uh, understand the world better. Maybe mm-hmm. other people uh, who played Dragon Warrior didn't get that kind of experience that you got because you had that. Yeah, I don't know. It's, it's, it's funny how we all have these, like, sort of memories that are very similar in that these, that, but which is not really the function of these things now as no. adult players. Yeah, right? you really just use it to make sure you can get through something that's obnoxious that you don't want to deal with. Right, because it's like mm-hmm. bedtime and you got to go to work tomorrow. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Maybe it's just different for kids. Then they and just that, have all just, the time yeah. in the world to just play this game and so they just experience that or that aspect of the game differently than we do now. The last strategy guide I did buy was for a little big planet series. Okay. Um, because there's like a million collectibles mm-hmm. and that also has a great creator's guide in the back for the level editor. Oh, so it's ex- the, the, the book had some extra value for that. And it did remind me a little bit of the, so I wonder, I mean, we should get some kids on and ask them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think you would make a strategy guide for the games that you're making? Oh crap. I mean, don't they contract that out or something? <laughs> Prime is probably a little busy with every other strategy guy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I suppose. Hey, guys. Yeah. <laughs> I was just thinking about um, Metro Nexus, mm-hmm. your game, Mark, um, and the game you based it off of City, City Connection. Connection. Yes. The classic. Look it up. <laughs> <laughs> that had a secret strategy, well, not strategy, but like lore in mm-hmm. the... Um, in the man, like the user manual, oh, yeah, right, right. The um, the cats, yes, the obstacle cats, obstacle oh, cats, yeah. bamboo shoots. There's yeah. a, a very funny little descriptions of what they are, and it, it's funny. It's the English translation of what was surely a joke in Japanese. That the English translators were like, "How are we going to make this work?" <laughs> <laughs> I think the line is like, "These these cats stand in the road w- waving a flag for reasons only known to themselves." <laughs> Very clever. You know, it's I, it's fun. I'm making an arcade style game, and so I'm debating how much of the of the game's universe, which is has I've developed way more than is probably necessary. Um, none of it's really in the game, but I'm kind of debating how much to put in the game. Not just because I don't have a lot of time to do it, but also because I kind of want to keep it an arcade game. 
um, that might be a way. To, actually, I suggested this to you guys, mm. the Finges team, that like you guys were talking about cutscenes and like because yes. you guys have a rich sort of story yes, wrapping around do. your game as well. And I suggested like make a website. Like, yeah, you, just, um, you know, that's a way to oh, a way to, to, to portray the story. Yeah, right. you did suggest that. That's right. right. Uh, which I mean, and that's of it. And you could certainly have tips for new players. Mm-hmm. You could make that work. Yeah, um, we were when we were talking about uh, having people. I guess we really were talking about like maybe players, our community who played the game a bunch, would make their own wiki and be able to mm-hmm. discuss strategies, and, and and people would have like a list of all of the different things they can do in the game. Um, and so we hadn't really thought about making it ourselves. Uh, I guess we would be the most qualified to do that, but at, right now we're too focused on making the game <laughs> <laughs> to tell people how to beat it. Um, but that is interesting. Uh, I, yeah, it would be pretty cool if like, there, there are some games out there that have been made that like you almost are reliant on a wiki in order to beat like, mm-hmm. uh, what's the name? Uh, Terraria. Oh, I yeah. feel like yeah, that game. There's, there's. They basically kind of just throw you in there. There's a little bit of instruction, but for the most part, you don't know what the heck you're doing unless you go on the wiki uh-huh. and figure out what your actual goal is. Mm-hmm. Um, like you won't ever find any bosses unless they tell you, unless you look it up. Unless they've changed that recently, I haven't played the updates. Mm-hmm. But uh, those games, you like, you need a guide. Mm-hmm. I guess there are some games like that. I don't. I, I can't think of any other ones offhand right now, but. Mm-hmm. I use the Stardew Valley wiki a lot just to be like, when is this in season? Where is this fish? Um. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Do you feel like you need the, the wiki in order to do that? Um, do they have like tips in there to tell you that stuff? They just, it's like a catalog of all the things mm. and like what everyone likes. It was interesting talking to Adia, who was our, one of our guest a couple yeah. episodes ago. Uh, and um, she plays the game without looking at the wiki which is she's like oh i found out that sebastian likes this and such i'm like what <laughs> you didn't you had to find that out i just looked up whatever he liked best and did that <laughs> um well idea is like a figure outer type she's next level genius yeah yeah, yeah, yeah that doesn't is. surprise me you just assume she could figure it out because she can <laughs> so i don't feel like i i need it but like the way i play the game like I don't want to spend time mastering it. So <laughs> uh, take the shortcut with the wiki. But it's interesting. Wikis are cool. They do a thing that strategy guides couldn't in that, like, you can have your community actually contribute to them, mm-hmm. uh, which strategy guides is like one person telling you all the stuff. Yeah. Have you guys contributed to any game wikis? I, well, oh, goodness. There was. Well, when I was younger, I uh, participated in the Super Mario Wiki forum. I really wanted to talk about the lore of Super Mario. (laughs) 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 This is like the geekiest I've ever been. (laughs) But (laughs) I think I was like 12 or something. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of the people on there were like eight or seven or five or something. And so all of the discussions I ended up trying to, I was really into Donkey Kong Country. And so I tried to have like a whole lore on like, the transition between Donkey Kong Country and Donkey Kong Country Returns, the story yeah. of the differences in the story and uh-huh. stuff. Um, and people were like, yeah, that's cool, but um, Luigi's my favorite character or something. And yeah. I was like, I'm not going to get I would have said at that time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I'm not going to get anything out of this. I haven't participated in specifically adding strategy to Wiki, but um, the community is there on the Wiki. So I just, I wanted to, and I used to, back then I used to read on the forum all the time because I was really into I really like Mar- reading about Mario stuff because it was just kind of random, obscure knowledge. Yeah. Um, and so that was all interesting. So I participated in the forums. I felt like I wanted to talk about it and stuff. Um, and a lot of the people on there, they did mess with the, the, the wikis and stuff. Uh, but I didn't myself personally. It was, I don't know. It was, just, it was, weird. It was a weird time. But it was an interesting mm-hmm. experience. You know, it's funny because when you asked the question, I was like, well, if any of us, it would be you, Stephen, because it requires mastery to be able to teach, right? <laughs> but um, it's not just mastery, it's discovery, right? Mm-hmm. It's yeah. when you find something. And so for me, um, the only real sort of contribution I made to any kind of like knowledge about how a game works is um, with uh, uh, Mist Online, which I oh. talked about oh, yeah. in an earlier episode. Mm-hmm. I was really big into the uh, Uru is what it was originally called. And that I was really big into that community. And for a time... Um, uh, when they when it was an online service, they would release new levels, and it 
uh, there's the whole story about how that didn't work in the end. But there was a, about a six-month period where it felt like it was going to work. And every now and then they would release a new level. And we'd all rush in to play this new puzzle that was like brand new. And so like there was nowhere online to look for answers to this. Mm. And for a, you know, for a lot of games, that's not unusual. But for a game like Myst with the, its history, like to be the first person to discover this world. And like I'm not terribly sentimental about a lot of things, but like that I really was hooked by that idea that I was the first person to it. And I did in fact map uh, one of the ages for the first time. Oh. And I, I do sometimes think about that. But <laughs> I, I was, in fact, a, 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 you know, an explorer in that world. And I did contribute back uh, uh, to that within the first hours of this thing being. And I was kind of rushing, too. I was yeah. like, okay, I figured this out. And it was like a, it's like a geometry puzzle, and mm. this one was. And um, it, was, it, was a, it was an incredibly exciting moment. But it's sort of different from like the sort of measured like writing a, a, a volume in a tome. This was me like <laughs> rushing to get my knowledge out. Yeah. Partly to, to be first, right? Which yeah. is like, that's not the most noble p- pursuit. But, um, but people were, also people were up at four in the morning like wanting to be the, to, among the first. Yeah. And many of them got to beat that because I gave that information. And so I felt really proud in them in those moments. Huh. Um, which isn't to say I mastered that level or anything. It's just I discovered something. Yeah, and that that's was cool. That's such an interesting, cool feeling that I never got again. Yeah, because you know? it's rare. Right? Yeah, right. Especially nowadays, where like if anything happens, everyone knows about it immediately. Yes. Yeah, that's that's something I kind of miss from old stuff. Like I used to have a collection of video game cheats. I don't man back when games had cheats. Y'all remember yeah. those <laughs> random little codes and uh, what was it? Ninja needs cheats. Vengeance! Oh, it could no. Oh, oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. That would be cool though. Um, but forget yeah, it, forget it. I don't mind. <laughs> but back in the day, yeah, I used to have like I used to buy uh, cheat guides or cheat books, and they would just have a whole list of random cheats in a whole bunch of games. And most of the games you didn't have, they had a ton of games, like a hundred or something. Mm-hmm. Most of the games you didn't have, but like the ones you did have, it was really cool to be able to input a new code and stuff, and you would get. Something like big head mode or something. Yeah, yeah. big head mode. <laughs> Those are the best. Um, but yeah, like that that sense of discovery, like you found something before other people, or you have the guide, and other everybody else needed to rely on you in order to get that. Yeah, that 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 isn't that doesn't happen anymore. Mm-hmm. That that to- that story you were telling us about missed online. That's like amazing that you were able to have that experience. <laughs> <laughs> like a small little feather in my cap that like. Just a little thing that yeah, I'm proud of. That's you know? awesome. Yeah, and and there was, but there were a lot of people who um, in that community were regular contributors to the sort of like the, the they were the um, uh, you know they were the Magellans yeah. of, of that community. Yeah, and uh, so I just dipped in to that mm-hmm. upper level for a brief moment. Yeah, but it's it's a cool feeling. It is. Know? It is. Mm-hmm. Huh? You got to be the or the guide writer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, for that one, it really helped that I have a graphic design background because I needed to make a map. Oh, yeah. So. That's awesome. <laughs> it was the right time. It was fate. <laughs> cool. I don't think I have anything else to say. <laughs> wow, that turned out to be a deeper topic than I thought it was going to be. All right, that wraps it up for this topic. When we come back, we're going to take it in a completely different direction. So stay tuned. <laughs> All right, we're back talk about the final topic and uh this one's mine and i wanted to as a reaction to steven's video game mastery i wanted to do something the exact opposite of that (laughs) which is instead of mastering difficult games i want to talk about designing party games which is a a totally different beast but it's on the continuum so we'll we'll connect it together um but like so party games is pretty broad topic but like mario party is the quintessential example oh yeah uh, Mario Kart qualifies, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, because totally. it's oh, aggressive totally. rubber banding. Um, <laughs> but uh, like uh, Drawful, like the Jackbox Party Pack. I mean, a lot of board games, classic board games, fall into this where they're you know simpler rules, mainly for funsies. That's kind of the maybe that's the not fair description of them. Like, there's a lot more that goes into it than that. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, what other examples do you guys have of like classic party games that that you guys either grew up with or you're super into right now? Super Smash Brothers. You think so? Yeah, that's totally a party game. Especially it's, on, on uh, uh, N64. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, that's the whole, that's half the reason why I'm into fighting games. 
I, that's yes. most of the reason why I'm into fighting games, frankly. <laughs> but like, if I'm playing against someone who's played before, like, well, I'm I, not going to have any fun. See, the, the thing about Super Smash Bros., and uh, well, this goes back into the designing yeah. thing, uh, there's items, mm-hmm. and I mean, it's four-player. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you don't have to play teams or whatever. There's just four people, and there's a whole bunch of o- obstacles and hazards in a lot of the stages. Right. And so right. a lot of the, when you're in a free-for-all match and there's a bunch of items and things, there's just a lot of chaos, which levels the playing field quite a bit because there's randomization. Uh, which prevents those who are amazing from being even more amazing because uh, some guy might randomly walk into a star and then be immune to all of your combos. Oh, okay. So that's that kind of leveling, right? It's yeah. the, okay. And that's yeah. something that you know, Mario Kart, it's the same thing, yeah. items, that sort of thing. Yeah. Uh, my game is the same thing. It has items, which I know, I know Lane is like, no, no, final destination <laughs> mode for this game. Ironically, um, that game, I prefer items on than Which off. you normally don't. Yeah, I know. It's a weird, because I guess I don't go for mastery in that game. Oh, boy, we were just talking about ma- This is the mastery episode. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Steven, I think it's just that you contain multitudes. <laughs> maybe. maybe. <laughs> um, but, okay, I think I'm convinced. I mean, I wouldn't, I would, I wouldn't yeah. think of Smash as yeah. a party game, but I think the way you describe it, I think you're, you're right. Yeah, I'll, for sure. I'll concede that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I've definitely brought it to parties, and people just hang out playing it randomly, yeah, and they're not taking it too seriously. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. I think that's a lot of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Maybe we should, I mean, we, we've talked about examples of a party game. Maybe we should define what a party game is. Yeah, so, I mean, the way I kind of think of it is, like, a game that has, there's two elements that I would say, and this is debatable and subjective, but mm-hmm. I would say it needs a, a rule set that's approachable, Yeah. right? This is kind of where I'd bump up against Smash a little bit, but, um, but again, it doesn't have to totally meet this. Mm-hmm. A rule set that's approachable, someone can pick it up and play. Because you're at a party, you don't want to learn it, right? Yeah, right. And then the other one is like a, a sort of a casual aesthetic. It's like something that is approachable. And that has a lot less to do with the game design and a lot more to do with the art and the style and the flow mm-hmm. and the kinds of things that, that make a game fun in a group. Okay. Right? I think, and then those two, the sort of two dimensions, I think, that I would say are important to party games um, in various degrees. There's exceptions, I imagine. Mm-hmm. Um, does, does that, do you guys feel that makes sense? Yeah, I agree with that. So basically, just the, you want to maximize approachability as much as possible. It sounds right, like. right. But also, I mean, and you know, we can get into it. But like things like, um, you know, how does scoring work? Like, mm-hmm. how, you know, what is is it designed? To, I mean, really, it's all it's the opposite of mastery. It's like if someone is if they've played this game for thirty years at various parties and mm-hmm. they introduce it to somebody, mm-hmm. that person should be able to win. Yeah, and. Um, and that, that's a difficult, as a designer, that's a very difficult challenge to yeah. not make it just flipping cards or rolling dice. Yeah. Right? For sure. For sure. I think one game that does that really well is you place objects. Oh, oh, the uh, chicken horse game. Oh, dear. <laughs> Shanti, come back. Help us. Um, um, I know you're talking chicken. It's super something, right? Super, super chicken horse. Chicken super horse. chicken horse. We'll, we'll look this up and then. Ultimate chicken, horse. Ultimate, Ultimate chicken, chicken horse. Ultimate chicken horse. Yes, I think that game hits <laughs> all the things you were talking about, Mark, yeah. in that uh, very approachable rule set. You get an item, you place the item, you try to get, or the hazard, and you go, try to get from point A, point B. Mm-hmm. Whoever does gets points. Yeah. Whoever gets the most over-the-line points wins the round. Yeah. Right, and that, that really hits it on the aesthetic grounds, too, because mm-hmm. it's silly. It's it, it does require some skill to play. Right. You know, you can you will be really bad at it first couple times, but it is approachable. So yeah, I, I think you're right. I think that does a pretty good job of making a game that you do want to put some time into, but you don't have to worry about putting much time into. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I don't know. A lot of times it depends on the game, but when I uh, oftentimes I find myself not enjoying party games that are too random. Ooh, kill surprise. <laughs> um just like well i mean i don't i I sort of enjoy smash when it's free for all and there's a bunch of items and stuff but i much prefer 1v1s no Mm -hmm. items final destination box only (laughs) Uh, (laughs) um and so in in some place i mean when i'm just in a party setting and i'm just trying to enjoy the company of people then i'm cool with it but like i i I would prefer the competitive aspect of games Mm -hmm. i generally prefer that um, and so I'm kind of conflicted by party games. But it's funny because yeah. I would say, for me observing you, Steven, uh-huh. your favorite game in the whole wide world is Concept, <laughs> which is a board game where nobody wins, and its main mechanic is laughing. It, well, <laughs> I suppose. So Concept, I, the way I like to describe Concept is it's like, it's like charades, but you play it with uh, a board, and there's a bunch of pictures. You use the pictures to describe what you're trying to get people to guess. And I 
kind of disagree with that in that like <laughs> it's the the person who's doing the or making or picking the pictures on the board they have the there's some skill involved there's no randomization in that that's true really so mm-hmm. i i feel like you're uh, the person is trying to display their skill at communicating using only the pictures provided mm-hmm. and so that's an aspect of it that i enjoy it, it it's not okay. competitive everybody it's all completely cooperative but we're all trying to figure this out together and there's no random aspect that puts you down or, or lowers your skill level. Ah, okay. Um, and so a lot of times, like, I, like, I enjoy Mario Kart, but I generally enjoy the battle system or the battle mode because uh, racing is random. A lot of times it's just random. Oh, I got hit by a blue shell even yeah. though I was in first place. <laughs> and I completely understand why they do that because, I mean, it, it sucks to be in first place kind of because you're just driving by yourself. Um, it's lonely at the top yeah (laughs) and so you need somebody to you need something to um, allow other people to interact with you Mm -hmm. but at the same time it's like i'm winning i feel like i should still be winning yeah yeah and so i oftentimes i'm like man with those (laughs) kinds of games because well here i challenged you with a contradiction but Mm -hmm. truthfully i also like battle mode in mario kart way better than racing yeah so it's me that isn't disagreeing with myself now (laughs) why why is that I kind of don't know, but okay. I much prefer it. Maybe it's just I don't like racing games. Oh, I don't know. But I mean, I, yeah, I like quite like Mario Kart Battle Mode, and mm-hmm. I very, was very disappointed that Mario Kart 8 did not really include it. <laughs> yeah, that was disappointing, mm-hmm. for sure. But I wouldn't, I mean, I played that at parties, but mm-hmm. maybe when I think of party game, I think of something you'd play at like some, like a cocktail party. Yeah. You know what I mean? Or like, or like a friend's giving or something where mm-hmm. less like you're having your friends over to play video games. Okay. Um, right. I mean, th- that's oh. a real fuzzy definition, but, um, but yeah, so I, even with that, with Mario Kart battle mode, I would say is less of a party, a game experience than Mario Kart racing. I, I would agree with that. Right. Mm-hmm. Two games come to mind. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, one is a card game called, we didn't play test this. <laughs> I hate that game. <laughs> the rounds last is about as long as a clawbreaker round. Okay. Um, so like two to three seconds. Yeah. <laughs> it sometimes gets around the table, sometimes not with mm-hmm. the cards. They just say basically you try to win, and some cards say you win, some cards say you lose. Really? And well, like with various conditions, oh, okay. like everyone, like go one, two, three, and then put out the uh, rock, paper, scissors or whatever. And mm-hmm. whoever did scissors or like whatever was on the card loses or, or something. Oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, or that like, is an interesting game. Or like, yeah. Or like one card is called bomb and you just put it in front of you. But if four people end up putting it in front of you, everyone loses. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and lots of other very silly cards. Mm-hmm. Um, so that one's really fun to play at parties because it's quick. So then people can come in and out, mm-hmm. which is another thing I think with party games, uh, I think make good party games are games that people can jump in and out yeah, of yeah. really easily. Yeah, yeah for sure. Um, and then the other game I thought of is uh, uh, Space Team. Space Team. It's on your phone. Uh-huh. Oh, oh, I think I know what you're talking about. It's on my phone? <laughs> it can be. <laughs> <laughs> um, and everyone has buttons, except, uh, and then they get directions, but the directions are for other people's buttons. Okay. So oh, like, wait, never mind. I don't know this name. <laughs> oh, so so like you'll get a, a thing that says like turn the uh, hyperdrive to four, but you don't have the hyperdrive. Uh, oops. Uh, Stephen has the hyperdrive, so then you have to yell out hyperdrive to four, and you don't know who has it, oh. so it's just whoever is like uh hyperdrive uh-huh. to four. So no one's really good at it. And, oh. <laughs> uh, huh. But it's so it's really like fun. an episode of Star Trek where everyone's lost their memory. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Well, those kinds of games I think I could get into. There's, I mean, it's random in terms of the rules you get, but not random in terms of like things randomly preventing you from winning or losing. Uh-huh. It's all skill-based. You just have to be flexible and uh, adaptable to things. Yeah. That sounds much more appealing than you got hit by a blue shell. <laughs> <laughs> I, think that, I think that's an aspect of it. Like I, like I said, I understand why they'd added it. In. But that's the thing. You're, if you do feel a little bit bad mm-hmm. by getting the blue shell, that is weighed against the four other people or three or four other people who who then have the shot to to overtake you yeah so the person who's just behind you and doesn't get screwed over by the blue shell mm-hmm. like is there is the game giving them an unfair advantage and making it in more enjoyable for them is that worth taking it away from you that's that's the question that they had to answer I'm right assuming. And, and that's that's what i'm interested in about in relation to mastery yeah right it, do 
do good party games encourage an easier mastery curve where you can play for an evening and then everyone's a master at it? Mm-hmm. Or should a good party game discourage mastery? In which oh. case, that your success is not necessarily a function of how good you are at, at the game, yeah. but of something else. And then your satisfaction is not related to if you won or not. Perhaps it's just what like what what ended up happening in the game. That you yeah, enjoy so from it? I do know that when we do board games here at Glitch, um, what, what I like to do on board game nights is play as many um, one I've never played before. Mm-hmm. So I'm very bad at them because mm-hmm. I've never played them before. Yeah, um, and I really like that. I have a lot of fun learning new mechanics and having fun and doing like and socializing with people. Sure. Um, I wouldn't be super interested going back to the mastery discussion in playing the same board game over and over and over until I was just the best at it. Yeah. Because I feel like I'd rather just play seven more board games and lose them all. Like, that seems more fun to me. Right. And so, if, like, you know, Martha, if you're designing a party game, what would you want the player to get out of it? Like, if it's, the mandate is it has to be good at parties. Like, what restrictions does that put on you, you think? Huh. Um, I like the... As I said before, the the being able to jump in and out. Yeah, I don't mm-hmm. like getting tied down with a, like that's why board games often do not catch my interest yeah, as mm-hmm. much because I'll get tied to that particular group doing that particular thing for a long time, and if I leave, it will ruin the experience for everyone else. Right. Uh, yeah. As opposed to a video game, maybe or like the types of games we've been talking about, party games uh, that have like r- short rounds or like a way to jump in and out, like. Vengeance or Metronexus or whatever. So that what me choosing a different thing does not break everyone else's experience. I think that's one, one part that I like about party games. Mm-hmm. I, I'd agree. I think that's very important. Mm-hmm. Uh, then I do really like concept. But one of the things I really enjoy about concept is that you are not beholden into even playing the game. You can just sit around and watch people do it or you can right. just peek and go, oh, here's my guest and then walk away. <laughs> it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's extremely flexible in that way. Right, um, right. And so that's an aspect. So scoring, that's another topic. Like, oh, scoring. So concept uh, is a game that in the instructions, doesn't it say don't use the rules? Because yeah. we, don't, we don't play no, yeah. by any of the rules. We just, we just play the sort of activity part of it. We don't mm-hmm. keep score. We don't have yep. timers. We don't do any of that stuff. Yep. Um, and so is that, I mean, that a good party game can do that. And mm-hmm. then there's plenty that, that do have scoring or winners. Yeah. Um, like designing from scratch, like what's more appealing to each of you? Like, huh. Um, I well, I guess yeah. That aspect and, and concept where when we play without score, it makes it more appealing because, well, if you start playing with score, then you're more committed to the game, and you have to sit there for a while, and somebody has to get to a certain scoring, sure, cap, um, and so somebody has to win. So you're more committed to the game without score. You just you can just play it through one round or yeah. half a round or whatever, um, and leave when you want. Mm-hmm. Uh, and plus, with the scoring system. In concept, uh, if you did that, then everyone is competing against one another, which uh, muddies the the, the com- cooperative aspect, uh, right? Which right. makes it less. Maybe that, yeah, it makes it less. I guess I don't actually know the rules to concept. I've played it a hundred thousand <laughs> times, but if you know people around a table, is it whoever guesses it first? Um, yes. Yeah, so whoever guesses it gets two points, and the person who was doing the board. Putting that on the pictures gets one point automatically. Okay. So the person who guesses it is the one who wants to. Ah, uh, so you you might want to build an answer together with your the other players. Yeah. But you want to be the one to you know. Yes. Like you work there to get. So there's a little bit of uneasy alliance. Thing. Right. And I, that's. I, I wonder if maybe that they recommend not to play with the rules because they just found it was fun enough mm-hmm. and didn't because that. I bet a really good version of that game using those rules could be played. I mean, for sure. Like, but that, yeah. it's a diff. It's a different game. Sure. It's. Sure. I, I mean, I would argue it's not as uh, it's not as much of a party game right, at that point, right. which is totally fine. But then you have a game like, well, I guess people don't necessarily think look at their scores for Drawful, mm. but Drawful has yeah. scoring, and I definitely pay attention to like who won. Right, right. <laughs> I That's a win. great example because I don't care if I win. Oh. Yeah, but I do. But I'd like to know who won. <laughs> yeah. Right. Well, it's interesting because they keep the score on that. Maybe that's part of it is they keep the score hidden until the end. So, you know, mm-hmm. well, not at the end, but like at each round, you can see the score. Mm-hmm. Um, but like you can't really see who's going to end up winning because at the end, like the last round can change things so right. drastically. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You see who's in the lead, but that doesn't really give you the information about what two rounds from now is going to look like. Yeah. yeah. Uh, whereas other games, you're like, oh, that's the person I'm gunning for. Like, mm-hmm. and Drawful is a game that's played. Um, 
uh, in tandem. It's not played. You don't play against anybody. You yeah. all you all play together and you mm-hmm. interact. But like, there's no. You're not. You don't disadvantage another player by something you've done. Right? Well, yeah. well no, I kind of. If you do, <laughs> if you make a crappy drawing, kind of well, it hurts you. <laughs> yeah, I suppose it hurts you too. Mm-hmm. Um, that game is surprisingly well balanced in terms of its scoring, but yet I do not care what my score is. Yeah, I, I honestly don't really like Drawful very much because it feels like uh, it uh, again kind of feels random as to who wins and loses. Because uh, it is, it is, it really is. Like because you might get some extremely obnoxious uh, prompt. Like uh, I don't, I can't come up with one. Uh, <laughs> Abe Lincoln, Abe Lincoln's dinner. I don't know something stupid so you would just draw like a, a chicken one. yeah right <laughs> so you just draw a chicken and some guy with a beard and then nobody figures it out and then you're like well um, <laughs> um sounds like you hate fun steven <laughs> <laughs> maybe secretly um but yeah i don't know that like that game it it kind of just feels like we're all just grasping at straws for the most part and mm-hmm. so i don't really enjoy that one too much um but I can I can see why people like it because it, it yeah. feels random and everybody's just having fun doing. Well, it's almost more party stuff. than game. Yeah, right. Yeah, and that's yeah. and yeah, there's that's the line that I can see. Once you cross over there, I can see a lot of people saying like, eh, "You guys have fun. I'm not really interested." Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So like, I don't. Yeah, I don't generally enjoy that one too much. But I, I definitely. I mean, I would never say it's not a party game, and I wouldn't say it's not a game. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's a good example. Yeah, Martha, I, I agree with that. Mm-hmm. I I really like it, but I like really, I really like drawing. Uh, man, we should probably link Jackbox. Yeah, which <laughs> is we're talking about. Yeah, um, sponsored. This episode sponsored by. No, no, um, no it's not. <laughs> legal, 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 legal. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but um, there was this one game where like they gave they gave two people uh, a phrase, and you had to come up with the best answer. Um, in whatever in whatever way you determine would be the best answer, maybe it's the best answer that answers that question. Or quiplash, quiplash. Yes, that's mm. the one. Uh, maybe it's the or maybe it's just the funniest one. Uh, that one I enjoyed because like two people, man. I guess maybe I just really like competition. But two people were <laughs> <laughs> two people were competing over the best ones, and it just ended up being like really funny and silly. But the rules made sense, and you could actually like compete. Mm-hmm. And so there wasn't random. I mean, there's randomness in that. Oh, you got a really stupid phrase, but like if you're clever, you can come up with something that's better than the other person. Mm-hmm. Or you can get lucky like me and just manage to put in a letter, and the other guy didn't put any answer, and so you get three points. <laughs> that yeah. was fun too. I think we did learn it. You really like competition. That's, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I guess yeah. So well, that that it really mm-hmm. segues perfectly into my last question yeah. about this, which is about like co-op versus competitive party games. Yeah, like concept is a is a co-op game. Mm-hmm. And, you know, many other, like Mario Kart is competitive yep, yep. and Mario Kart needs to make modifications to make it so that everyone stays in it till the end. Right. Yeah. A lot of party games work that way where it's like it doesn't reveal who the winner is till the very end. So nobody drops out early. And that is a, that is against the sort of competitive nature of many games, mm-hmm. uh, whereas cooperative games need to sometimes modify their rules in order to let people feel like they did better than other people, even though you're all working towards the same goal. Yeah. So there's like a little bit of both. Salt and pepper yeah. you want in a, in any good party game, but then obviously there's ones that lean really far one or the other, and I'm kind of torn because like what, especially with board games, I really like um, co-op board games. Mm, me too. I think yeah. those are like just a blast, yeah. and I really enjoy working with others and like talking out a solution and then as a team making a decision. Like that is so much fun, and also you do not. No one has to be good at it. Mm-hmm. Like you know, like I mean, as a team you have to be good. But those games are designed, I think, so that mo- you win most of the time. Yeah. And like, that doesn't that doesn't bother me. <laughs> like save the whales. <laughs> I don't know that game. <laughs> yeah, what's oh, that? Uh, there was this uh, game com- board game company called Animal Town Games or something like mm-hmm. that, and okay. they made a bunch of, of games like Dam Builders, which is a beaver game where you had to work together as a group of beavers trying to build the dam before the bulldozer came and bulldozed it, and then oh. save the whales. We had to save all the whale species. And <laughs> <laughs> okay. Anyway. <laughs> Nerd. <laughs> were those those were both cooperative games mm-hmm. though? Okay. Huh. Um yeah, I, I would agree with you though, Mark, that yeah. like cooperative games or specifically party games are much more enjoyable. Um but I think the best ones are the ones where you feel like you can contribute even even a small amount. Because uh, yeah. a lot of times um in cooperative specifically cooperative board games, mm-hmm. there's that yes, there's like there's 
for me, there's a lot of times when there's like three other people coming up with all the strategy and stuff, and I'm just sitting there going, yep. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I completely agree because yeah. I don't know what's going on or, or I just feel like I'm not included in the discussion. Okay. Um, which, I mean, it's not like they're excluding me from it. It's just maybe I am not better at, or I'm not very good at coming up with this particular strategy. I think it's that you're not interested enough to, to start the ball, the ball rolling. Yeah. And then by the time the ball's rolling, you're like left behind. Yeah. And so uh, I just, yeah, I just leave them to it a lot of the time. Because uh, I'm the one kicking the pebble down the hill. Like I <laughs> definitely will. I am like, all right, guys, let's, let's do a plan. Let's do, let's do, yeah. let's do this, 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 this. Like I am the opposite of that. Okay. I'm really into like being like, you know, like coordinating that discussion. Okay. Yeah. Um, I could tell. The, I, I, yeah. You definitely seem like that. Yeah, this, this surprises <laughs> nobody. <Yeah. laughs> um, but that's why, I, man, I, I, that's why I uh, like concepts so much is that like, you can just say, ask off. Um, you can just say like, uh, maybe it's a bird cage. Yeah. And then people are like, Oh yeah, that's actually pretty good. Maybe right. that is the direction we need to go in. Um, and so even the smallest contribution is beneficial. Right. Um, you know what? Mm-hmm. I think the, the thread I'm sensing in your, everything you've said is yeah. that you want individual agency and you don't yes. want anybody else to impact choices you make. Yes. So concept is that way where whether you're guessing or you're or giving the clue, like you are free to say or do whatever you want, yeah. even though you are working together. Mm-hmm. Um, but nothing interferes with that and you're just able to do it without regardless of or without any game designer in, influence right you want to move at your own pace yes and then you like prefer competitive games because it is specifically about you are only interested in your goal so your yeah. interaction with other players is not <laughs> it's to impact them in service of your goal yes okay yeah but i don't want i, I don't want the game to determine whether or not i am able to win right yeah yeah Okay. I mean, I guess we figured out what I like about parting games. <laughs> Hopefully that answered your question in some ways. <laughs> I don't know. Well, I think that like, you know, I framed the question as co-op versus competitive. Yeah. But that's not even the right question. It seems. Mm. it seems like we all have a different kind of view on what's good about the, that's not like, that's not the definition that matters to whether you yeah. like it or as designers, what you want to lean towards. Well, right? yeah, yeah, I guess to me though, it's, it seems like, cooperative is the way to go for these kinds of games yeah i mean we've already went over it like it makes most sense it's less likely that um if you're designing a cooperative game that you have to interfere with the player's ability to or to progress yeah. or like an individual player who's better at the game's ability to progress mm-hmm. um if it's cooperative because everybody's pursuing the same goal and but everyone ha- theoretically can have their own agency um while they're working on the game or while they're while they're comp- or going through the game um and so that makes it more fun, at least for me. Yeah. Um, whereas competitive games, uh, in order to put people on the same playing field, there has to be some form of randomization. Mm-hmm. Right, um, right. Or everyone has to be a master. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> but that makes it less of a party game at that point. That's, that's true. <laughs> yeah. Um, I suppose uh, Sushi Go, I like Sushi Go. Uh, that's a drafting game. Uh, it's really simple. I right, guess that's right. probably why I like it so much. Uh, but it's, it's still completely, it's random in what cards you get, but mm-hmm. you have to make decisions based off of that randomization. And that's another one where you really are, you do a little bit of strategizing by what you, what you, uh, what you pick and what you pass, yeah. but you are not, you're not, you don't feel like anyone else is impacting your uh, play. Yeah, for the right. most part, yeah. And I mean, even when they do, they're, they're the ones making that decision, not the game. Right. So, that that game works for me. I like that one, even though it's competitive. Yeah. yeah. How do you feel about Overcooked? Oh, Overcooked. oh yeah, the 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 elephant in the room. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, Overcooked. I mean, I uh, wait, wait, Martha, describe Overcooked. Yes, yes, yes. One of my favorite games in the world. Uh, <laughs> you play. Uh, it's extremely cooperative in the in that like the whole point of the like. It's the most cooperative game I've ever played. Yeah, it's really uh, If you don't cooperate, you will lose. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's one of the few party games that mastery is important. Yeah. I agree with that. Yeah. The, the controls are very simple, mm-hmm. but it requires, and it's, it's, it's strategic mastery yes. in a sense. And that, I really, yeah. Uh, that's, that's what you really, like. I really like uh, it. <laughs> that's a big smile on Martha. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah that, yeah, that definitely has a lot of mastery involved in that game. Well, we brought it home, guys. Full circle. Yeah. It's pretty exciting. Nice. (laughs) (laughs) Go team. (laughs) 
We cooperatively did this episode. Yes. And we didn't even need a strategy guide. Yeah. <laughs> I think we've mastered it. <laughs> <laughs> Quick, let's end the show before we make any more dad jokes. <laughs> That's our show. Uh, if you haven't already, subscribe to Nice Games Club in your favorite podcast app. And be sure to give it a good review, like Abduak did, if you liked it, or are nice like us. It's incredibly important for new shows like ours to get noticed, so please spread the word. We need your help. We also want to hear directly from you, so follow us on Twitter and all the other things at Nice Games Club. Let us know how we're doing, send us your topics, and ask us your questions. Lastly, if you want to find out more about the show and your nice hosts, as well as get all the links and notes from this episode, visit online at nicegames.club. So until we start again, remember to play nice and make nice. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today.